0: Welcome to the second episode of Ranking Things with Levi. Just had a blast with this one. I uh, spoke to Mike Livermore on the TV show Gilmore Girls. So that is what we're going to be ranking this week. I kind of broke it down in a strange way because Mike actually sent me, after hearing the first episode, he sent me a complete uh, like diagram From a previous ranking he had done on Excel of Gilmore Girls and I just as soon as I saw that I said we have to do this you have to come on immediately uh, because I have Gilmore Girls opinions so Jess and I watched Gilmore Girls a couple years ago went through the whole thing obviously it's a it's a it's a it's a lovable show as we discussed and so uh, we we, uh, went through it here with Mike also did our usual things uh, Kind of a strange, I'm realizing now listening back, uh, covered in the hot sports take, uh, an opinion I have on the NFL that is uh, tough. Um, and it might be just difficult to listen to. Uh, do bear with me on that one. Uh, and then also, uh, make sure you stay till the end. Uh, Mike had a surprise for me and closed in a, closed the episode in a beautiful, beautiful way. Uh, so credit him. Uh, loved having Mike Livermore on the show. If any of you want to do this with me, please uh, let me know what you want to rank. Let's set up a time uh, for a phone call or a, or a meet-up in person, and let's rank something. So yeah, this is our episode on Gilmore Girls with Mike Livermore.
1: So I have Mike Livermore with me. I'm really excited uh, for this list, Mike. Um, we've known each other a long time. Uh, you live out in the Detroit area. Yes. Um, we are doing Gilmore Girls today, but really, at the by way of introduction, you saw the first episode and then offered, that you, you emailed me um, a bunch of lists that you've already ranked, like uh, uh, this topic and others. And then what, what I'm really intrigued about, I want to ask you, is you said this is just some of your, I think your word was mainstream
2: lists? Yeah, you yeah I, like eight. Yeah, a lot of the lists are a lot of inside stuff, inside jokes, private things, or things that most people wouldn't understand. But I sent you all the ones that I think a broad audience would really
1: enjoy. Wow. Yeah, and uh, I'm excited, I and mean, we will definitely. Uh, I'm excited about this list. We're gonna, we're going to talk about Gilmore jokes today, but also um, you have you have a few others. So this this you, yeah, you're you're definitely in for a few episodes. Um, what is it that you enjoy about ranking things specifically? Oh,
2: man, it, it's just a great way to analyze anything. You can just break it down logically. It's a great sort of unbiased way of letting people know your favorites, your least favorite. I'll rank anything just like you, Levi.
1: Yeah. No, I think I found it the, it to me, it, it it I don't really, your opinion on something has to, I think it has to be in a list. Otherwise, it, I don't, it doesn't matter as much to me, your opinion, because if you're not willing to say this is better than that, you know, and with all humility, you know, like I mean, you know, with all reasonable humility, I'm saying, like, like in my opinion, this is better than that, and I can and I've compared it, and I know, you know, like it, yeah. it's a, and that and that's what I'm saying. You know, so I, it, I think it, it's it's important.
2: There's a truth to ranking. You know, there's an honesty in it that you right. can respect at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, I think it, it, I've been more. Tra- I'm not uh, partaking, but in, it, or or uh taking part in sports betting. But with it becoming more legalized in the United States, I found it to be interesting that it it's actually a stronger sports opinion to make a bet, right? Because you're mm-hmm. saying, I think that whatever this team will have this many wins, and I think it to the tune of twenty dollars or whatever. Different than I just well, I just think they could they could do well. You know, and I think ra- <laughs> ranking is, is has that same thing. There's almost like a cost to it, which I think is important. So yeah. like we're gonna. You know, you're saying that this character is better than this character in Gilmore Girls, and that, and so I know, and I'm putting that in a ranking. I'm saying they're number one. So yeah, yeah, yeah
2: Libra, When I had to make my list, like you have to choose people to not be in your top ten. Like I had to pick Jackson over Logan to not make the list. But like, it's, it's a really difficult decision that ranking forces you to
1: make. Yeah. And so, so Gilmore Girls. Yeah, this was the the one that stood out to me because I've enjoyed. I enjoyed this show when uh, when we watched it through. Um, but how did you come to Gilmore Girls?
2: Uh, yeah, so, you know, two years ago, the Netflix revival came out. And I think when that came out, for whatever reason, I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this show a chance. It looks like the revival could be good. And I had never seen the show before at all. And so I got my Netflix account out, and I just binge-watched the whole show in about a month. You know, I watched the first episode thinking, I'll give it a shot, we'll see how it is, and I just fell in love immediately. I just loved the show, how adorable it was, and like Gilmore was a star, and she had me hooked from the very first scene. Mm-hmm. So I was in, and I just binge-watched it. And uh, and to me, what the show was to me, Levi, was, you know, I don't have any sisters. I don't have a wife or a girlfriend The the world of the female mind is very foreign to me, Uh and I feel like this show was like an insight into this forbidden world, and it was just so fascinating to me. So the show to me was really as much an education as it was entertainment, and that's what it really meant to me.
1: Right. You would heard about it. Like, it would have been in your periphery, people discussing about it. I mean, it was part of pop culture when, you know, you were aware of pop culture, you know, still aware. Yeah, I've heard right. of the show. Yeah. Right. Um, and so, yeah, you said a couple of things, and we talked about this before uh, pressing the record here. That one of the, I think, best parts about Gilmore Girls is the cute, like, cuteness of it, almost. Like the town. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, the town, the characters, the relationships, the coffee shop, you know, all this has this uh, kind of classic. Adorable factor that we all want, no matter who you are. You know, you are attracted to these. What's the word? I, I can't think of other words besides cute.
2: Well, the, um, the show is just so adorable, and I, I think another role the show filled me by was, you know, back in the year two thousand, a big take was that you know Walmart is destroying small town America. And I think this show at that time sort of filled this void of a like, romanticizing small town America. Yeah. And like all the old school, conservative, nostalgic ways of those old old cities all over the place. But right. then it sort of juxtaposed that with these very progressive, feminist characters. So there was right. this great kind of back and forth thing of the old school ways and then of like, these new school ladies. And there just it was a great dynamic to the show.
1: Yeah. Oh man, and the show, it's funny how, I mean, this has, this is all all of television, but it's our our society and culture has changed so much since the early 2000s. Like I don't you know, I, I don't know it when you go back and look at old TV TV shows like this, you're like, I can't believe that they would make a joke about someone wearing a pink shirt, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, but that happened. Like there there are definitely parts of the show that does not hold up to what is politically correct you know, today. Um or even comfortable to watch, you know, but, uh, but, but still it's a, uh, most, you know, yeah, 98% of the show is, um, it's just so enjoyable. Now I think like it has been recognized as just the, the you know, the writer of the show. I'm, in, I'm forgetting her name as you know it. Um, Amy
2: Sherman Palladino.
1: Right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah, she like is just doing a masterwork and that really is the most basic fun part of Gilmore Girls to me is just the dialogue. Obviously, and that's felt Like you're saying, why Lorelai jumps out with all that quick back and forth is, you know, the the skeleton uh, that the show was made on.
2: Oh, and I mean, she's the captain of the team. Like she's the the funniest, the most adorable, has the best quotes, the best comments. Like she is. She's the show. You, right. you could rename the show, the Lorelai Gilmore show, and it would be totally <laughs> worthy.
1: Yeah, and we talked about it before. I mean, and part of this, I think, a reason. That she stands alone, though, because, so, we're gonna do three lists, and I guess I should have said this earlier. We're gonna do three lists, uh, we're, we're, um, we're doing supplemental characters, uh, a ranking of town events, and a ranking of Lorelai's boyfriends. Those are the three lists that we're gonna cover. Uh, I'll have them in the, uh, in the show notes, so it might not be a surprise, uh, if you've read those ahead of time. Um but, a big difference, between, why I think it stands alone as Lorelai's show also is, that Rory makes so many mistakes, like you know, character mistakes that and, and not that Lorelei's perfect, but there's a separation I think in just the quality of those two characters. And it can you can find yourself in especially the later seasons, like turning on Rory a little bit. Um oh yeah. Because of repeated frustrations. Which leaves oh. which, which leaves it alone as the Lorelai show. And then obviously one of the great Romantic tensions and entertainment history between uh, Lorelai and Luke—you know—eventually figuring it out.
2: Yeah, and I've got a great comparison to the NBA that will be featured in the sports take at the end of the show. All oh, about okay. this dynamic, Levi. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So yeah, like I said, we're we're going to do the three lists. I guess we can uh, we can get to them. Uh, first is supplemental characters. Uh, so we're doing all characters that are not Rory or uh Lorelei. So your list, and again it is in the notes. So if someone uh if you were if you were looking at your phone, if you're able to do that, obviously not when you're driving or whatever, you should be able to swipe over or scroll down and see these lists. Uh, the first list is supplemental characters, and this is this is your rankings, Mike, that you uh sent me. What we're gonna do is we're just gonna kind of read lower rankings and um and discuss that list instead of doing a one-for-one reveal. Um So in reverse order, I'll go 10 to 1, you have Jackson, Belleville as number 10, Babette number 9, Miss Patty, number 8, uh, Lane, number 7, Dean, number 6, 5, Suki, 4, Kirk, 3, Paris, 2, Luke, and number 1, you have Michelle. What, which apparently what, you think it's controversial. Either. I, yeah, I, I guess we, we could start at the top. How? Go ahead and give your case for Michelle being better. What I would so mine probably Kirk, which I guess is your number four. Um, yeah, but you and, and and I'll defend that. But why don't you go first? Then why is Michelle number one above Luke or Kirk or Suki or Paris? Any of those kind of first Because I think there's a kind of a cutoff. Suki. Suki, Kirk, Paris, Luke, Michelle, all are the top five for me, no matter what. Is that- yeah, yeah. I, I also have, like, a top
2: tier of four. So to okay. me, Suki, Suki's out of the top four. So to me, if anybody wants to argue the order of the top four, I'll hear that. Uh, but I think there's definitely a the clear upper tier. Okay. Now, see, to, to me, I actually compare Michelle with Paris Geller. Paris Geller, also an incredible character on the show. And her progression's amazing. I call her a flamethrower of burns. She's uh, incredible. But if yeah. Paris is a flamethrower, then Michelle is just a grenade launcher. That that guy is just incredible. He does not hold back. And he just provides the necessary sarcasm and like just like the incredible, incredible disses. But you need to sort of supplement the adorability and the, the lovability and how cute the show is. You need to have the contrast of just the heat of Michelle just ripping people. And like, the thesis for Michelle really came out in the pilot episode where you first see him at the desk of the, of the inn, and he gets off the phone and he says, the people are being particularly stupid today. I can't talk to any more of them. And like that just really spoke to me as a person. And so I felt like I have a character on the show, and that character is Michelle.
1: So he's 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 representing your needs almost in the show, like or or, or, or what um you know what what you feel needs to happen. It, it is interesting. I haven't thought about it as a contrast, which is what which is what Paris is as well. Like you're saying, that's an that is a uh, that's a good take. that you can't always have kind of the candy or the sweetness that Lorelai is offering. Right. You you also need the spice that Michelle and, and Paris bring. Yeah. Um, it, yes. My thing is Kirk is perfect. So <laughs> Kirk is a perfect character. <laughs> and and I don't think he has a flaw. I don't think he makes a mistake. I do think it is the high five or the exclamation point that you that you want. Like, obviously, he's just a... Now, we're talking supplemental characters because, as we discussed, Lorelei is the it, it could be the Laurel show? I like that take, but Kirk is as a sub like he comes in, delivers a a punch that you need like a, a good joke basically every time, and then he's out you know, and uh, and just nonstop. I thought he was. I just think he was. I, I would get excited every time that Kirk was on screen.
2: I believe I got no disagreements for you. Kirk is incredible, excellent dancer. Uh, visionary film producer,
1: but, yeah. but
2: on rewatching it now, I don't think he's aged as well. It comes off a little bit creepy, fifteen years later. Okay. And also, okay. are we sh- are we sure Kirk is not Taylor Ducey's son? There's a really weird hmm. dynamic there that I think it just doesn't play as well. You know, watching it in
1: 2018. It is confusing too. I mean, Kirk has some mystery. Where does he live? Like, where does he sleep? You yeah. Know, um, yeah, yeah the yeah the town well the closeness of kind of that whole tailored gang um you know that bet and all that and kurt is is confusing and just not realistic, you know, like you don't really get sadly in in our life you know grown adults having that much free time but um but uh i just i just felt he was i i never regretted it um but but you're but you know I mean, you're making a point yeah i have not it's been. At least a year and a half since I've seen an episode. Um, so I, I could be, I could be revising in my, uh, in my memories.
2: He, he's still great, Levi. It's not a bad ranking. Kirk yeah. really is a great character.
1: And so we have, you have Luke number two. That makes sense to me. Luke is, is very often a, just, a, you know, a problem solver, which can be, which can, is satisfying to watch. Like, we have a problem in the show. Luke has, uh, has made it better. Um, and yeah, Paris, you you touched on Paris' story arc. Um, I think I would actually if I was ranking, I would just swap it. Uh I'd I'd swap Kirk to first. I'd go Kirk, Luke, um, uh Paris, and then I would but I'd probably go Suki four and Michelle five. Why it oh, was exactly. why do you feel there's a difference between the oh, no. uh, oh, no. top four?
2: Okay, all right. On Suki, obviously played by Melissa McCarthy, who's brilliant and incredible. But the actual character on the show, I just can't get past how unrealistic she is as a head chef. Okay. I mean, are we, I mean, are we sure she isn't the worst cook there is? I mean, she, like, there's a whole gag in the pilot about her burning down the kitchen and, like, getting an accident and breaking her hand. She explodes an oven at one point. He's like, Levi, you're in the insurance business. How could you get the policy on this end where the head chef is blowing up equipment and putting people in the hospital and starting fires? Like, it's just – it's a train wreck.
1: She's and I genius. just can't get
2: past how unreal it is for her to be the head chef of a kitchen.
1: Yeah. So, so it's just the uh, – it's too much of a suspension of of uh of reality for you. Um, yeah. Her whole character. Uh, I don't know. I thought – She's just so lovable, but I guess, I guess yeah, she is. She, she is written in the show to cause Lorelai problems, basically. And, and Suki is always like the second level problem, like something has happened at home or with Luke at the cafe, you know, with Rory essentially. And then yeah. Lorelai comes to work, and Suki has made things worse because she's whatever baking baking something and burning something. Yeah. So I guess, but I, also, but I also feel that Suki is just that classic. She has that backup. She's like your, she's like the classic best friend, and she does deliver. I mean, on you know, in in in, in help in helping the day or saving the day, um, often. But your 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 problem is that she just shouldn't be. She should not have this job.
2: Well, and also sometimes she does save a day. She is often there for Lorelei, but I feel she causes more problems than she starts. Uh-huh. And, and, and I think she causes more stress for Lorelai. I mean, like, why on earth would Lorelai actually consider Suki to be a good business partner? Like, Suki just fails her time and again, and, but yet she wants to launch this in with Suki, who is totally unreliable both professionally and financially. It, it just I, – I couldn't deal with it at a certain point because I love Lorelei and Suki just kept bringing Lorelai down.
1: Um, I, I guess I, I guess I haven't thought about it. Uh, I do, and, and you know what? I think what happens with Suki is she does get carried because Melissa McCarthy went on to be more famous, like definitely the most famous post show um, than any, more than anybody. Um, she does get some whitewashing, uh, you know, in, in 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 the revision of history. But um, yeah, I guess I hadn't thought about the. She does cause, you know, the more i my memory, she causes a lot of problems. Yeah. So, it's interesting thinking of that as a bad character. But, uh, I don't know, on the other hand, she she's just she's often contributing to town events. I don't know.
2: She's, she's got a loving heart. She's very kind, very emotionally supportive. Like, I am at number right. five, Levi. I'm not saying she's a bad character at all. It's just there were a few things that keep her out of the top tier
1: for me. Right. And not the shoo-in best friend um you know, and uh uh that 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 I think she might be assumed to be. Um
2: Yeah, but see, I think Rory is actually Lorelai's best friend.
1: Right. Right. So she yeah, so he is more a draw uh than a plus to Lorelai's life. Let's talk about um the bottom half. So you you've left out then both grandparents. Both of both of uh parents. Emily and then uh, it's embarrassing forgetting uh the father's name. Richard. Richard. Why do you not have them in there above like Miss Patty and Babette I'll say and Jackson? Really I think they could you know, you could argue about Lane and Dean, but I would I would put Richard at least on the list for sure. What are your thoughts on uh, Emily and Richard?
2: Well, I think Richard, in my mind, he's hurt because of his association with Emily. And the grandmother, Emily Gilmore, to me, in the original run, was the worst character on the show. Like, not even a question. Uh, like, any bad word you could think of, selfish, rude, stubborn, manipulative, vile, deceitful, spiteful, cold-hearted. She was all of those things. Like, she was the embodiment of just evil on this show. And so I would have her as last place of all the supporting characters. And because of that, her husband, I think, is going to suffer as well. He he could have done more. He could have done more as a mediator, but he didn't. And uh, right. so the grandparents to me were – I mean, I, I I see the role she plays on the show to provide some drama in Lorelei's life to make the story interesting – like, but, as a mother and grandmother, I mean she's a disaster she I mean, she's a train wreck, like, like she needs therapy quickly,
1: yeah, um, you said something interesting offline uh the, you talked about the flaw with every character in the show is selfishness, no like like uh she would be the first example, and that is it is so frustrating you see a parent being selfish with their child um. And you know, like putting her needs above the needs of her child, is it, uh, definitely painful and not a not a not um not a way to be successful in your you know parent child relationships. But, but talk more about that, the uh, the selfishness that kind of runs through the whole cast.
2: Yeah. Well, with a, with a few exceptions, pretty much every character on the show, and, and even Lorelei to some degree, they struggle with I think being self centered. And they really can't view their own problems in like a larger context of like what was happening in the world and happening in their family and friends lives. And like everything that's happening, they only view it as how it affects them. And they all just sort of react emotionally to it instead of stopping, taking a deep breath and thinking, okay, how does, how do I, should I deal with this, you know, in the proper way? They just act impulsively and selfishly about their problems. And I get how that leads to a lot of drama and storyline in the show, but as examples, they're really, they are not living, you know, good lives that way. It, so much of the problems in the show could have been fixed they all would have taken a deep breath and popped things out in a rational way.
1: Right. I think you guys, that's how much of this is a uh, of real life, um, but it is, it is, a, it, 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 yeah. Again, you kind of have to suspend disbelief, but it is—it is interesting. You see an idyllic town setting um, in a Id- idyllic closeness with all the characters, um, but not a, uh, but then a, but then a really beyond what is normal for any you know for any walk of life amount of uh, just kind of selfishness and, and reactionary. You know, like everyone loses their minds every episode. You know. Um, yeah. That, and that's part of the part of the uh, part of the fun of it, but um, but not reality. Um, yeah. Do you have any other do you have any other thoughts on sub the characters before we uh, move on to some of the other lists?
2: I just want to give a quick shout out to Lane Kim, my number seven character. You know, not yeah. the funniest or most exciting character, but to me, she was the best person on the show. <laughs> she was real. She had struggles. She made sacrifices. She would mm. think things out in an intelligent way. And you can really right. contrast her to Rory, or Rory just had so many things handed to her. Like all these right. models are competing for her love, and you got buildings named after her. Like Rory is very entitled, whereas Lane had to struggle and work hard and sacrifice for everything she gets in life. And to me, right. she's real. She's like a real person, like a real mother sacrificing right. for her family. It's so like, I want to give a big shout out to Lane Kim. That's probably the mm-hmm. best person on the show
1: that's interesting, and she's so uh I and mean, ignoring one or two story arcs she's she's routinely supportive um of rory, especially when rory like it's hard having maintaining friendships that eventually are long distance right when when Rory moves away to school um Lane is still there and happy to yeah. be with her when she comes back when when she could have at, like what we're saying maybe more normal for the show, a more selfish. Angry, you know, spiteful feelings towards her. Um, she maintains a, a love of of Rory.
2: Lane was always there for her, even in the finale of the show. Lane or Rory says, "You're like a sister to me." Like Lane is the best.
1: Right. Interesting. Um, you're saying morally the best, obviously because yes. you put Michelle as your favorite one. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the town events. I don't have these in my mind as as well at all. So this will be uh mostly you, I would say. But let's go. So you have them 10 through 1. Um, the Battle of Stars Hollow, this is number 10. Firelight Festival, the Winter Carnival, End of Summer Madness, number 7. Spring Festival, Winter Carnival, again in Season 2 versus Season 3. Edgar Allan Poe Society, I remember that one. That's your fourth one. Bid a Basket, number 3 the Living Art Festival, and then the Dance Marathon in uh, from Season 3, Episode 7, as the first town event. What were your um, – what, what were the hard decisions here? Uh, t- t- well, I'll tell you what the easiest decision was, Levi, was yeah. number one.
2: Right. There is no doubt the Dance Marathon is the GOAT of events on the show. Uh, that, that's the only true opinion anyone could possibly have. Okay. But then the, the difficult decision was then sort of between the next three or four, mm-hmm. in my opinion. And, again, if you want to change the order, so be it. But, I mean, the Living Art Festival is just beyond description. I, I tried to think of a way to describe it. You just have to experience it. Bit of, bit of basket, at peak, you know, Dean versus just drama. Edgar Allan Poe's Society was just a, a very unique, you know, Edgar Allan Poe tribute stuff. Ravens, incredible and even the, the, the first winter carnival with, like, the sleigh rides and the snowman building, those four events, again, if you want to make the fifth one the second, you can mix the order up, but that was, like, the second tier right there of, of events, and picking the
1: exact order was a little bit
2: difficult. Right,
1: right. Yeah, it, n- n- this, to me, was the, the – the all these events, in the, like we kind of talked about before, they have this uh, – StarColor had kind of this class of people that – Questionable how they make money, how they pay rent or solve normal life problems <laughs> right and but actually just create these you know uh beautiful events i mean it was it was obviously a gorgeous that was part of the fun of the of the show it was just how how some things were um uh and i and uh, but I, but yeah, this is just this part was always frustrating for me 'cause like I would love it if I was a inherited of large amount of wealth and could just sit around all day and you know, set up an Edgar Allen Poe festival, but um but that's just not realistic. That part was uh, that part well, that, that part was frustrating to me. Like Taylor himself, he's not a fun character. We don't have him listed. Um he but he's just uh, like, how he exists is frustrating to me. Like maybe maybe that's my problem, like you're saying Suki you should not be a chef. How does Taylor not have a clearer job? I guess he just owns the buildings, but
2: well, well, I mentioned before how Emily Gilmore to me is the worst character on the show. I uh-huh. consider Taylor Ducey the second worst character on the show, and okay. he is just so stubborn and even bigoted. And his one pro is he does put on all these spectacular events, but besides right. that, like he's awful, and he actually tends to almost ruin a lot of the events uh, on behalf of the town. But it it does lead to a good question, Levi. You brought up this: How does the town afford all of these events? And what are the economics of this town? They can't afford to build a bridge, but they can afford to put on all of these, you know, winter carnivals and bit of baskets, you know, competitions. It it, it defies logic. It's just just part of, I think, the magic of the show. Suspended belief is you you have to embrace that, Levi. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's obviously a town full of old money that hides it or or pretend that it's not you know like like these characters must be ashamed for the inheritances that they have or something you know and and just pretend that they have these problems, you know right like, like uh, but um well, another yeah. theory though is tourism dollars there's apparently
2: multiple inns in the town, right. if you wonder if it is like it's a magical Connecticut town where a lot of celebrities and famous people go to, and the show references that and that's the source of the the, the town's economic base, but we'll never know.
1: Yeah. Um, Let's talk about loyalized men. The ranking that you have, and now I'm going to go first to last on this one. Um, Luke Danes, obviously. Alex, Lesman, Max Medina, Jason Stiles, Peyton Sanders, Chris Hayden, and then you have two deep cuts. I had to look them up. I, I, I I was... I was impressed with myself for remembering the first six, but you have Paul as number seven and Rune as number eight. Um, Who is Paul? I'm going to look him up again. I looked up Rune, but talk about uh, about those bottom two.
2: Okay. So for Paul, I should clarify, this is not the Paul that Rory was neglecting in the Netflix revival. This was a Paul who was a student at Lorelei's night school, her night business school, in season two, and in episode nine, she's rebounding for Max Medina, and so she kind of goes on this impulsive date with Paul, which they don't don't show the date on the show, just her agreeing to it, and then later in the episode, he brings his family to the diner. It's a kind of funny, awkward scene where it just sort of shows Lorelai healing after Max. So that was like a really deep sign. To me, the criteria of this category were not so much boyfriends but dates dates yeah. that Lorelai chose to go on. And that leads to Rune. Rune in season one, episode 12. Uh, yeah. you know, he's, he's last on this list, but number one in creepiness because he was Jackson's cousin and Jackson and Suki's first date was a double date with Rune and Lorelei. And it's just such a funny episode because this super creepy guy would rather be bowling with his cousin then out on a date with the wonderful and incredible and beautiful Lorelei. And it was just a super creepy but hilarious episode. And, uh, and it, so that's, that's the origin of room Number
1: Eight. Um, why do you have – what's wrong with Chris that you have him below Max, wait, Jason, wait, Levi,
2: what What's right with Chris? Chris was awful. Chris abandoned Lorelai, like, not just once, but twice on the show. And then he tries to come back later and buy his way back in and just get in the way and ruin things with Lorelai and Luke. He was he was awful, Levi. He was terrible.
1: Do think, I, I do think, though, that Chris – actually, Jess and I had this argument – Chris did have – Motivation, like good motivation, especially for Rory. So he's obviously a character arc, right? But I don't know. I don't know. To me, well, it's it's hard. I guess it's hard. Yes, he's a bad. I guess ranking him as low. It's hard for me because he's such a big part of the show, and 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 goes through so much in the show. It's hard for me to put him below, you know, kind of these guys that didn't have as long a run. But but I guess that's the same argument as Suki, like saying saying that Suki should be better just because she's you know has more lines is not really is not really correct.
2: L- Levi, Christopher was a deadbeat dad. Like he could have been there with Boralei to help raise Rory, right. but he just chose to go off and live his other life. And I know his parents say that. You know, he had these plans to go to school, but we find out later that he didn't go to school. He just left and never came back until, you know, 15 years later. Right. He, uh, yes, I, I, he had great chemistry with, with Borla. You can see how they would be a good match in theory. Right. But I just can't get behind a guy yeah. who just abandons his family on multiple occasions and right. and only tries to come back later and ruin things. Uh, I couldn't stand the guy.
1: Yeah. Um it's funny- it's funny having Luke on the list, uh like yes, he's clearly first, but you know you were talking about tiers. he's there's tier one and then like three empty tiers, and then the you know the rest of these guys, and I think that's like so- so many great t v shows have this the the relationship that you want to happen yeah. yeah um, like the office i think is a is a is a classic one, um and it's interesting how this show did this kept it apart for so long you know like that's that's like the office is three seasons as an example and so they're together um because that that tension i mean that's what's so masterful i guess in the again in the writing of the show keeping the tension with luke and lorelei is amazing because that is that is what drives you know what drives you coming back and back and back to the show
2: yeah, well, to me, Levi, they stretched it out too long.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, like, like it should have ended in season six. They should have gotten married in season six when Lorelai proposes.
1: When they propose. And they yeah. have
2: this—they have that old sort of subplot, and they have to bring in this like unknown daughter into Luke's life, April, right. just to stretch things out, which just kind of ruined the show. They had to stretch more seasons out, but to me, it should have been six great seasons of romance ending in the marriage. There.
1: Yeah. Yeah, is there a point? Would you if if, if 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 let's say someone comes out of the blue and says they've never seen Gilmore those before, would you suggest that they actually finish the show, or is there a point you think they should stop?
2: Oh man, uh, I, well to me, I think what they what they need would need to do is just wait ten to fifteen years and and just have Rory be in a Lorelai role, having her child be the new Rory, and then have Lorelai be the new grandmother.
1: So that, that's that's a show you want to see. I, I, uh, what do you mean by that?
2: Oh, well, I mean, I, I'm not saying I would want to see it, but if they're going to extend the show, that's what I think they have to do.
1: Oh no, no, no. Sorry. So yeah, my question was the um, let's say a, a fan or someone someone who's watches TV but has never seen Gilmore Girls before asked oh. you about the show Gilmore Girls. Would you have them? Would you suggest that they watch every episode, or is there actually a point in the show you would suggest they stop?
2: Oh, man. Uh, well, you have to watch seasons one through three. Right. And and to me, if you want to stop after season four, like when Rory makes her awful mistake of sleeping with Dean, at that point, top. if you want to stop, I, w- I wouldn't blame you.
1: Because for men, for, for men not, it's just a mess. She moves back home, right? Um, yeah, okay. I, I feel the same way, that there's a – I'd already thought to season six earlier, you could – when Lorelai proposes, just turn it off at that at that proposal. Yeah. Because that's what you're yeah. looking for. That's what you've been working for. And yeah. in, your, in your imagination, that could just go on forever, as it kind of eventually does with the remakes. But I don't know.
2: Yeah, and what you could even do is just watch the last hour of the Netflix revival, just like the second half of the fall episode. That's really all you need to see.
1: After the proposal, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Well, this is fun. Um, hey, Levi, up. go go ahead. Well,
2: before we leave that list, can we talk about Peyton Sanders really quick? Sure. What a lost opportunity on the show. I don't know if you caught this, but Peyton Sanders was played by John Hamm. Yeah. And I mean, imagine what the show could have been if it had been yeah. Lauren Graham and John Hamm for four more years. Because that that episode was in 2003. They could have had John Hamm for four more years before Mad Men in '07. What a great what if for the show.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, I remember that one. I saw it on your uh, on your list when I was reviewing. I don't remember that specific episode, but yeah, that is a what if. And when I said Susie went on to have the best career, that's not true. If you include uh, if you include John Hamm, that'd be worth you know looking up on the IMDb actually because maybe you've done it already. So you're saying he you didn't have anything before Mad Men.
2: Well he he didn't have any regular appearances on oh, our yeah. shows or movies. It was all just yeah. kind of bit, bit parts and things. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that obviously would have been amazing. I mean, uh I mean, he uh, he's the Um So yeah, like that that was that was fun. Uh it was a it is a show I would suggest, I mean, you know, ask when, if anyone would ever ask me. Um just the, again, it's so enjoyable um and as you you talked about binge-worthy it it is easy to watch and and we would watch it especially kind of doing other things um you know if you, you, know, if you don't really need to although i i say that in the dialogue you need to to yeah great show um amazing show let's do uh let's do our uh hot sports take since you said it's related um go ahead you said you had a you have, you have one related to the Gilmore Girls.
2: Yeah, so my take, Levi, is that the current championship run of the Golden State Warriors parallels the original run of Gilmore Girls. Okay. And so I'm going to go quickly kind of character by character here. So to me, Lorelei is parallel with Steph Curry. Okay. Now, they're both like the heart of the show or heart of the team. It doesn't work without them. When you think of the show, you think of Lorelai. When you think of the Warriors, you think of Steph Curry. And then Rory, to me, is a parallel with Kevin Durant, who uh-huh. used to be beloved. They were once young stars. Everybody liked them. But then after a series of bad decisions and mistakes, now like the, the tables have turned. They're often now hated and reviled. You know, Rory made a terrible choice with Dean. She dropped out of college, uh, like she made, has all these career failures, and you know, and Kevin Durant's making all these bad decisions on Twitter, and joined the Warriors, and now public opinion has turned. And then Emily Gilmore, the grandmother, I compare to Draymond. You know, vicious, okay. ruthless, plays dirty, widely disliked, or just gets the job done, but only for their own purposes. Then Luke, I compare to Clay. So, like, they they just belong with their partner. They're they're Mm -hmm. solid, consistent. Everybody likes them. Like, Clay and Steph as the Splash Brothers, they're just a great pair. And then Luke and Lorelai, obviously, they're they're just meant to be together. But those two belong together. Um, Then Logan, I would compare to Boogie Cousins. So, Logan is, like, the boyfriend at the end of the series run who sweeps in. They both arrive late. The best part of the show is already over, but they're here for a little bit of glory at the end. Uh-huh. Then then there's Dean, Dean of Lori's first boyfriend, who was there in the beginning. I compare him to Harrison Barnes. He uh-huh. was there at the beginning, but has since been discarded and has been forgotten, and people forget he was a warrior, was a champion. Like, Dean in seasons one through three was amazing, and people forget how good he was.
1: Right.
2: Then there's Jess. Who I compare to Zaza Pacuria, who uh, uses dirty tactics, is an absolute scoundrel, uh, total bad boys. The only people that like them are, are when they're on your team. So the people who loved Jess, they loved him so much, and the people that, that were on Team Dean hated Jess, and Jess was the worst. Right. This is only people that lo- love the Warriors love Zaza when, when he was on their team. Right. Okay, so then Michelle, I compare to Iguadala. That okay. was a very very important role on the show. That you know, the Warriors had to have Iguodala to defend LeBron. Nobody else right. could do it. Right. Just as the show needed Michelle to defend against critics, you said the show wasn't diverse enough. Like, you had okay. to have Michelle on the show <laughs> for that purpose. And then Michelle also, again, he's the grenade launcher. Comes out of nowhere and steals a show. Like, Dallas stole the first finals MVP for the Warriors. So there's a big comparison there. Okay. Uh, two, two more. Uh, Lane Kim, again, the, the best person on the show, always reliable, steady, always there, comes in to help Rory. Well, that's Sean Livingston. You know, he's the backup to Steph. He comes in there. When Lorelai when isn't available, Lane is there to help Rory. And then finally, you know, the, the whole creator of the show, the writer, director, producer Amy Sherman Palladino. She's of course coached her, you know, the, the brains behind the the, right. the the court that keeps the whole thing moving. So, so to me, the Gilmore Girls run is just a spot-on match to the Golden State Warriors run.
1: Wow, yeah, that is that is that is a good one. I, including Harrison Barnes was 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 good. I didn't get it, and then uh, yeah, the. Michelle the only person the only non white person, I guess, so well, I guess besides Lane. is uh it's definitely a criticism, but um good one. My uh my hot sports page is that I am pretty sure that I'm quitting the NFL entirely. I've said oh, this no, to man. I've said this to a few people. And I I'm gonna to get to my big butt at the end but how the league itself has handled the Kareem Hunt problem um is so frustrating to me in that and so to, to get to so to get into detail the uh for those who don't know Kareem Hunt was a player for the Kansas City Chiefs who was accused and uh um of uh, uh domestic violence in February and the, it basically has come out because TMZ released a video, which is which is terrible. Obviously, uh, domestic violence is, is a terrible thing. Sadly, it happens uh, and has been happening for some time. Um, obviously, in the NFL and just in life. But the what what has bothered me so much is the lead itself. It's come out never actually interviewed the woman in the scenario. And that, that that has been admitted. So TMZ released the video. Then they suspend the player for good. Um, well, we'll see. We'll they suspend it for the rest of the season. And then they have – and, and the league admitted that they never even interviewed the player uh, – the, the woman. This in comparison with 66 interviews for DisplayGate. So years ago uh, – is, is it three years ago now? Tom Brady is in a playoff game. And is accused of throwing of flatter football. And they did, in the NFL, the league did 66 in-person interviews. So, obviously despicable and frustrating uh and disappointing. But I guess my, so now I'm wondering, so I, I, it just makes it hard to watch and support a product by the league office. And, and obviously the, the teams are greedy. That's always, that's all major sports that we support. And we'll do what's best for the team. And the players, and players are human and, and we, and make mistakes and should be held accountable for those mistakes, for sure. My problem here is the league itself. Um, and I don't know if that can be kind of repaired. Now, I'm saying all that. What I, the, the final, it's easy for me, I think, to skip watching games on Sunday. Especially now, it's also admittedly easier for me to say this when the New York Giants are so bad. I can't, right, it's not like it's not like I enjoy watching these games for the teams. that was what I my real test, and I guess why I'm saying this, you know, semi publicly is, am I not going to watch the Super Bowl, right? Am I not going to go to a Super Bowl party? That's the that's something I'm just struggling with because that is I think what it would take. Like so, or if someone invites, if even if close friends invite us over on Sunday night, hey, we want to watch the game. You know, am I going to say no? I don't watch the NFL. That's me. That's my. That's what I'm kind of grappling with. But.
2: Levi, what if the Super Bowl is the L.A. Rams versus the L.A. Chargers? Are you going to yeah. not watch that game?
1: Yeah, exactly. I don't, and that's and that's realistic for those who um, don't follow sports. Both of those teams are really good right now. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a possibility. And I don't know. I guess if I'm saying I don't know. I have. I'm working on this. I just was so frustrated. Am frustrated um And disappointed. Now, you know, like tr- putting our trust in any man is, is, is disappointing. But anyway, you know, that's my that's my struggle right now. Okay. Um You have what are you eating lately,
2: Levi? Have you ever had a kale burrito?
1: I mean, I've had a burrito with kale in it, but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say like a uh, a specifically kale burrito.
2: Uh, what I love to do is take like the classic burrito ingredients but just hmm. remove the meat and insert kale. It, okay. It's just it's just delicious, Levi.
1: So you're saying kale, cheese, beans? Yeah, kale, cheese, beans, and guacamole. Guacamole, okay. So no salsa or hot sauce, maybe? I mean, you okay. wouldn't, but someone could. Yeah, yeah. Right, but you're saying just no meat. Interesting. Yeah, it's,
2: it's a healthy but still delicious option.
1: Right, and do you cook the kale, do you season it in a way like meat?
2: No, what I do is I actually like, I'll melt all the cheese and the beans and everything else into the tortilla, and then I'll just put on like the fresh, crisp kale on there
1: and wrap it up
2: to okay. give like, a crunch of the kale,
1: sort oh. of juxtaposed
2: with like the, the melty gooiness of the beans and right. cheese.
1: Okay, I was imagining cooked kale. That is interesting, uh, compelling, with uh with fresh kale. Yeah. Fascinating. Um, I have started. So I actually paid So – I'm a coffee drinker. I drink coffee every every morning. And a couple years ago, I switched to a French press coffee maker because it's a smaller portion. And I, I think there's a flavor difference versus like a K-cup or a, a, a percolator. But I made a change that I think is really important. And I feel like I had smarter friends telling me to do this for years, but I finally did it. And that is to actually pay attention to the temperature of my water – when I'm making the French press. So it is a huge flavor difference, but previously I would just, again, coffee nerds are gonna scream at this, but I would boil the water in in our kettle, pour it over the coffee, and and then let it sit, but it would immediately go from kettle to coffee. So essentially boiling. There's a huge difference when you take it off the boil and let the water cool. So I guess I read you want your water to be like 200 degrees, Obviously, boiling is 212. So, you let it cool just that 10, 15 degrees. I'm assuming, I'm not measuring it. I'm just letting, I'm taking the water off the boil, letting it cool. It's obviously, it's still steaming, still very hot. And then put it in my French press, stir it up, wait three or four minutes, plunge, and, and away I go. But it's that, it's that pause there. And I found that to be a huge, uh, huge difference.
2: Leva, let me ask you this. Sure. Who do you think drinks more coffee, you or Lorelai Gilmore?
1: <laughs> Listen, um, they're, they are more dedicated. I'm not a true fanatic. Like even if I, I, I yeah, them. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Lorelai Gilmore. I, um, I will drink two to four cups a day, but not like oh I gotta have my coffee right away because I can't see straight. Like something like they they so often say.
2: You don't need coffee in an IV as she apparently okay. does.
1: No, yeah, as she often yes. often says, yeah. Um, so, Parent Corner, you have two nephews you want to talk about?
2: Oh, yes. I'm I'm so in love with them, Levi. My, my brother, Andrew, and his wife, Allison, they have two boys, ages three and one, Luke mm-hmm. and Dawson. Um, I just love them to death. I'm there two, three times a week. Um, I just went ice skating with Luke for the first time a couple weeks ago. Got to play him around the ice. Uh, he would want me to pick him up but, I like just hold him over the ice, where he could still okay. skate, but I hold his weight. Okay. basically, I'm like, I'm like a hunchback now for so carrying Luke around the ice for lap after lap, but it yeah. was just such a wonderful experience to see him laugh and just love the ice, and it was just a real wonderful uncle moment.
1: Mm, It was good. Has there been a time that... Um, what's the most angriest that Luke has made you? Uh, You know,
2: I, honestly, it, it hasn't happened yet. Hasn't I mean, happened. I'm sure yeah, he frustrates his parents, but... The, the thing is, Levi, like, I show up for a few hours, and right. you know, Luke and Dawson just love me. They compete for my attention. Like, everything is great. I think if I was there every day, you could have some more challenges, but it's just been nothing but wonderful so far.
1: Mm, yeah. Um, we are making the big – so so Pippa is almost six months, and she's cut a tooth. So we are starting to have a solid every day. And yeah. it has been a blast. Uh Mostly, so we're we're trying to do this thing of baby led leaning where they she feeds herself like from the get go. So it's it's kind of funny because for the first a while it's essentially play time with avocado in your hands. Um, but oh. I would say like, but I would say like ten percent <laughs> gets in her gets in her mouth right now. Yeah. Oh so, yeah. So I mean she she does understand the purpose of well because everything goes in her mouth right now. So it's kind of like I'm not sure if she's clear on this is food or <laughs> is it every single like anything that gets in front of me. 'Cause it doesn't yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's been fun and, and I knew I I and in wanting this to happen because it's kind of a thing like um all our food comes from her mother. It's it's exciting that she is getting a little, a little older and can be a part of mealtimes with me too. That's that's what I'm kinda enjoying. Uh I guess it's, you know, just just that idea of her uh you know being able to be fed by uh by both of us or anyone anyone who uh who cares about her, which is exciting. So yeah. Food, uh, anyway. I, I never
2: realized until I had my own nephews how much of a bonding moment it is to feed a child. Right. Like it's a, it's a mundane thing, but when you feed a person, it's a really intimate thing, and it's, it's a real treasure that I think parents have.
1: Yeah. In some cultures, um when we were in India, you, they, uh, they actually will, and I, I, I'm not against this, I just think it obviously would be odd in our, in our culture, but, uh, they'll feed, adults will feed children until they're like 10, 10 to 12. So uh, you, you might have a child or a uh, or a kid that you're closer, to that's much younger than you, and they'll come sit right next to you and not raise their hands. They'll be fed, you know, bite by bite, bite, by wow. the and, it, and it's kind of funny. So it's the um, but yeah, but I think it's that close. It's a, it's a closeness. It's like a uh, it's a very basic uh, bonding thing, you know, to share share what you're eating uh, with someone who's kind of clearly your uh, responsibility. You know what I mean? Like you're uh, a lesser member of your family. Right. But yeah, beautiful. Well, thanks, Mike. This was fun uh, to uh, to go through this. We will do it again. Um, hey, hey, Levi. Yeah.
2: Before we go, I have a final message for you. Okay. I know that in the past you've had this fake rivalry and a lot of online, you know, animosity, which you all just pretend for a real mm. friendship there. Mm -hmm. But just so that we're clear on where we stand and where our friendship truly belongs, Levi, I have this message for you. Okay. If you're out on the road feeling lonely and so cold, all you have to do is call my name, Levi, and I'll be there on the next train. Where you lead, I will follow anywhere that you tell me to. If you need me to be with you, I will follow where you lead. That's for you, Levi.
1: Well, thank you, Mike. I I really appreciate that.